Welcome to Crosswords, the podcast about practical Christianity. What does it look like to walk in Jesus' footsteps? How do I live in a culture hostile to godliness? These are questions that we'll answer on each podcast as we get our heart and mind on Jesus. All scriptures quoted are from the New International Version. You can follow me on Twitter at Kingdom underscore Saint. Walk with the Lord today and be a blessing. Good afternoon, everyone, and a happy Mother's Day to all you mothers. It's a pleasure to be here with you on this first day of the week. Looking back onto certain events in your life, reminiscing, maybe getting a little nostalgic. I often can remember certain events when I look at pictures. I feel better about them than perhaps what I felt during that event itself. I look at the picture, I say, oh, that was such a nice time. That was such a peaceful time. Unfortunately, going back to like Ecclesiastes says, it's not good to dwell on on the days past, right? It's not good to say those days were better than now. It says it's not wise. But, you know, I look at that, I think about a certain something that happened maybe when I was younger, and I usually remember it better than what it was. And perhaps it is nostalgia for simple, better times. Perhaps it's just that positive feelings tend to overcome anything negative or pointless about the event. Of course, I'm not including traumatic events, only neutral or positive events, the ones that we typically like to photograph. Today, we're covering an incredible event. And I bet that when Peter remembered that event, He remembered it in all its glory. He remembered the good things. This affected Peter quite a bit. It did affect all the apostles, but Peter found himself sort of a protagonist in this particular event. I think he remembered the epic feeling of walking on water. Many other things happened that led to that, but what stood out probably in Peter's minds was the fact that he walked on water. Little background before we get into the actual event. Jesus had just fed the 5,000 people, 5,000 men, not to mention women and children. The crowd was so amazed by what he did before their eyes. Everybody understood what had happened there. They wanted to make him king by force. That's what John 6.15 says. They were so amazed that they said, well, certainly this man has to become our king. This shows they didn't really understand that Jesus was already king. He didn't need to be made king. He was born a king. But they did not understand that the point of the miracles was to declare his kingship. And they didn't really accept him as the king that he already was. This is why they reject him. uh, After he declared that he is the bread of life that is able to make you live forever. They reject him. They turn away from him. And so after this event, these series of events happen, we pick it up here in Matthew 14, verse 22, where it reads, Jesus quickly made his disciples get into a boat and cross the other side ahead of him while he sent the people away. After sending the people away, he went up to a mountain to pray by himself. When evening came, he was there alone. 
So Jesus decides to send the disciples away on their own to begin crossing the Sea of Galilee. Remember that they had crossed one way. Now they're going to go back where they had came from. He wants to spend some time alone, Jesus. You know, he had, remember, he wanted to rest before this whole feeding of the 5,000. You know, they were looking forward to rest, looking forward to even spend some time mourning John the baptizer. But that hadn't happened. So he needed this alone time. He goes up to a mountain. He wants to recharge. And he's there almost all night. Verse 24 says, The boat, now hundreds of yards from shore, was being thrown around by the waves because it was going against the wind. So while Jesus is by himself on the mountain, praying until very, very light, the disciples were in the boat trying to get to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. But guess what happens? They experience another storm. Remember, this is a, a lake that, a lake, a sea that commonly experiences storms. This was not quite as bad as the other one that they experienced before that we covered, but bad enough that they found themselves exhausted trying to row, uh, row against the current, against the waves. That must have been exhausting. Remember, it took several hours to, to uh, row across this sea, and even more so if they're rowing against the wind and the waves. So they were exhausted. Jesus notices that. So between 3 and 6 o'clock in the morning, he comes to them. He doesn't wait until they get to the other side because he figures that they need help trying to get this boat across in the middle of this small storm. So he comes to them. He was walking on the sea, the scripture says. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. They said, it's a ghost, and began to scream. Have you ever caught you catch yourself screaming? You're like, ah! something you know, frightened you, and you let out a scream that you didn't think you had inside, right? That ever happened to you? <laughs> yeah, that's right. You, you say, wow, I didn't know I could scream like that. <laughs> So that probably happened to them. You know, they, had, they never saw this before. They, they don't know what they're seeing. There is no light. Remember, it's in the middle of the night. And they see this figure walking to them. Who walks on the sea, right? So they were terrified. They screamed. Immediately, Jesus says, calm down. It's me. Don't be afraid. Coming to them at the wee hours of the morning, walking now no walking on water by itself is is a feat right it's a miracle but can you picture waves you know going up and down right i mean that's it's a tempest how do you walk on that <laughs> how do you walk on a floor that's moving up and down that's unstable right we would fall down that's what happens when there's an earthquake the earth shakes it shifts and you see people kind of falling down, right? Staggering as if they were drunk. But Jesus is walking on the sea. It's going up and down. It's going sideways. And he is walking. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. So the disciples, you know, they were exhausted by this time. They were rowing for hours. I don't know if you've ever rowed a boat. Rowing a boat on calm water is exhausting. You know, if you've never done it before, yeah, your arms, they feel like they're going to fall off. Now picture that in a, you're rowing against the wind, against the water, and they were doing this for hours. They were exhausted. When we are tired, 
our emotions, you know, are, are at a tipping point. Anything will set them off. No wonder when they see Jesus, they, ah! they, they scream, right? <laughs> They're like, what, what is going on? It's a surprise. I'm trying to wake you up. Jesus is walking in the midst of the waves. This is an incredible thing. He is walking on water. They scream like frightening, like frightened children. Had they learned anything from the previous incident in the storm or even from the feeding of the 5,000? Remember, we're walking this in chronological order with them. Peter says, because he doesn't believe it's Jesus. You know, he, he, I don't think he can see, right? I mean, it's raining. It's dark. This ghostly figure is there. Anybody would scream. I know I would scream. So Peter says, Lord, if it's you, order me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on water towards Jesus. Now, I want you to think of this amazing sentence. If you've ever been on a boat, would you ever reason or would it be logical for you to, you know, take a step out of the boat into the water? It's... It's an anti-logical thing to do, right? Yet, this is an amazing thing. In the middle of a tempest, at, when it's totally dark, Peter does what doesn't come naturally to do. He steps out of the boat and he walks on water. Two incredible things. Because Jesus ordered him to. I think that Peter understood that if Jesus ordered him to do that, he would do it. <laughs> Who can resist the order of the Lord? Lazarus couldn't resist it when he was dead. And Peter said, and Jesus says, come out, Lazarus. And he came out. No one can resist that order. Despite what we know happens later in this event, we cannot discount the fact that Peter walked on water. He did it. Jesus ordered him. He got out of the boat, which by itself is an, an unnatural thing to do. And he walked on that turbulent sea. But then something happens. We know what happens, right? He noticed something else. He takes his focus off and he notices how strong the wind was. And that wind terrified him. He was not terrified by the fact that he was walking on water. <laughs> but the wind somehow terrified him, made him afraid. And he started to sink. And he shouted, Lord, save me. So something interrupts this awesome feat. He loses focus. He was walking on water, man. And that's something we can relate to. You know, we are doing something great, something good, empowered by the Lord. And then we get distracted. Our focus turns away. We lose sight of the strength that we get. We become afraid, maybe. We start to think of other things. He saw the storm around him. He saw the wind. But wait a minute, wasn't the storm around him when he was getting out of the boat? <laughs> it was going on all the time. But he just happened to notice it at that point. He gets his eyes off Jesus. That's what happens. 
and then decides that the wind and the waves are too much. He became afraid, not of walking on the water, but afraid of this tempest. You see, emotions usually take over. When, when we let our emotions take over us, what happens to our reason? It goes out the window usually, right? Remember from the lesson, Jesus calms the storm. I said, faith is not an emotional response. Faith is a response of reason. Emotions are what makes us cowards, but reason can help us develop our faith. And it's not that we're trying to stop our emotions, okay? We are emotional creatures. We're going to react. We're going to let out a scream once in a while. We're going to become terrified. None of those things are going to stop just because you have faith. What we can do, though, is learn to control them and learn to channel them. See, Jesus expected them that by this time, they would have had some faith. At least Peter turned to the right person. Lord, save me. He was that close to Jesus that all Jesus had to do was reach out. He was close. All Jesus had to do was reach out and bring him up. Let's pray that if we do lose all reason and become cowards, then we at least know whose name to shout during our time of peril. Because he is close. And all he has to do is reach out his hand. And he brings you up. When our emotions take over, which sometimes they do, we have that sinking feeling. We feel like everything's <laughs> getting out of sorts. But remember this picture. Remember, Jesus is, that, is right there. He's standing right in front of you. And all you have to do is say, Lord, save me. And he's going to reach out his hand. You can be walking on water. Or you're going to have that sinking feeling. Faith or fear, reason or emotion. Again, I reiterate, emotions are very helpful. God gave them to us for a reason, to connect to others, even to connect to God. They are terrible motivations, though, to make decisions. <laughs> Don't decide to do something by how you feel. Decide based on who you know you are, and that is a child of God who wants to be obedient and has the Lord's support. So Jesus immediately reaches out and catches Peter, caught hold of him, and said, you have so little faith. Why did you doubt? I find this very interesting, what Jesus is saying here. He's right there. He's right next to Peter. He's right next to you. He is close enough to always reach out and catch you. He's right there. Right in the middle of the raging sea, while he was sinking, Jesus catches him and brings him up and, and asks him, why did you doubt? Why? You were doing just fine. You were walking on water. What happened? You know, even with his little faith, Jesus says, you have so little faith. But what's amazing is that with that little faith, what was he doing? He was walking on water. That gives me hope. With the little faith that Jesus said he had, he was walking on water. So the problem was not little faith. What was the problem? Doubt. Why did you doubt? That's what he said. 
Why do we doubt? Sometimes we remember this event as a failure for Peter. That's how we typically remember, oh, Peter sank. But I prefer to focus on the fact that with the little faith that he had, he walked on water. He did that because he decided to obey Jesus rather than his instinct. That was the difference, right? But then the instinct tried to come back, right? When he saw the waves, the wind, we get that gut feeling. Uh Uh-oh, something's going to happen. We get terrified. We get afraid. And that's when we think. That's the doubting part. When we let our emotions take over. If you don't let them take over, whatever little faith you have is going to make you walk on water and continue that trend. That is faith. That's the start to faith. You know, we all have instincts. We all have emotions. And our journey as disciples is to learn to overcome them, not to ignore them, not to store them away, not to sweep them under the rug. That's not it. It's not to let them overcome our reason so that we can walk on water. What are you going to be led by? Your instinct or your fear? It was not by instinct or fear that I abandoned my plans to go to the University of Massachusetts and instead choose to start a ministry in Stony Brook. It was not by instinct or fear that I decided that I was going to be a missionary to Puerto Rico for three years. It was not by instinct or fear that I chose to marry my wife and have children or quit my well-paying job to become a full-time preacher. It was not by instinct or fear. Those were my walking on water moments. Each of you has a walking on water moment. And you have to decide, am I going to do this by instinct? Or am I going to do it by obedience? Of course, I haven't walked on water physically. (laughs) But spiritually. And I have many more instances to look forward to when Jesus may call me out of my boat. What's the boat here? The comfort zone? Oh, I'm okay in the boat. Might be storming, might be raining. The waters are turbulent, but I'm in the boat. As long as I'm in the boat, I'm good. Jesus says, come. Step out of the boat. What are you going to do? No. Are you going to go by instinct? Or are you going to go by faith? I can list all the reasons. Why I did not want to do any of those things that I just told you. Many reasons. But none of them were by faith. My instinct and emotions were opposed to getting out of the boat. If I would have followed them, I would not be here where I am today. What have you done that was not by instinct or fear? How do you work usually? How do you operate? What's your MO? By fear? By gut feeling, that's the same thing as instinct. By shame, are you shamed into doing something? And let me tell you, shame can have a long-term effect. You might still be working by shame, and you might say, I don't feel shame, but it's shame because of what you heard when you were a child. And it's affecting your decisions of what you're doing today. Shame, guilt, are those your gods? How do you make the big decisions in life? 
Are you walking on water? Or are you still in the boat? Have you walked on water? Have you doubted and have you sunk? You know, it is when we sink, perhaps because of our shortcomings and doubts, but it is when we sink that we get to experience the tender love of Christ as he catches us and draws us near to him. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, the psalm will say. But if you don't step out of the boat in faith, you're neither going to experience the walking or the drawing to, near to Jesus. You have to be ready to fail and sink in order to grow in faith. When they got back into the boat, like it happened before, the wind stopped. The men in the boat bowed down in front of Jesus and said, you are truly the son of God. It was an event that deeply and profoundly affected them. All the disciples learned something here. Even though Peter was the one who was up front and personal, <laughs> he, he chose the, the thrill of the experience right there. All of them saw what happened. All of them connected. They were all impacted by Jesus once more. But was it hitting home for them? Hadn't they already marveled at Jesus before and still had a hardened heart as some of the other events list? You know, this is an event mentioned in a few of the Gospels. And in one of them, it says, Jesus says, why do you still have a hardened heart? That's what doubt causes. You know, it took Jesus dying on a cross for not only the disciples, but all of mankind to realize God is with us. And, it, and still mankind is having a hard time accepting that. To this day, 2,000 years later, to believe that God is interested in us. He wants to dwell among us. He wants to restore us. But we tend to act like frightened fish, scurrying away when they see the hand of the caretaker. We too react in fear, in anger, in bitterness for our lack of understanding who God is and what he desires. Some say, I don't believe in God or I don't believe God. Yet in their rage and frustration, who is it that they curse? Who is it that they pray to even without realizing it? Who is it that they're addressing? Isn't it God? Who else could be accountable? It is God, after all, our creator. All you have to do is reach out. He's there. God is there. He wants to lift you up. But you must want the same. You must want it too. And this gospel is the evidence that he is there ready to take you in. But it does take denying yourself to step out of the boat and meet Jesus right there in that raging sea. There's always something turbulent about the making of this decision. You know, decisions by faith come in turbulent times or in turbulent ways because it takes that stepping out of the boat. It takes that trust to get out of the comfort zone and meet Jesus there when he says, come. It takes obedience. That's the initial step of faith step out but if you do it you're going to walk on water you're going to do what you haven't done before 
You're going to walk toward Jesus, not away from him. And don't worry. If you sink, if you fall, he is going to catch you. That's what I learned from this event. You don't have to be afraid of failing. You know, what's one thing I can, I can say about Peter? He was, he was courageous. He didn't care if he was going to fall flat on his face. <laughs> he did it anyway. And guess what? He walked on water. He did it. And Jesus was right there to catch him. How many of you are waiting to take this first step of obedience? This first step of participating in the gospel, becoming disciples of Jesus, being welcomed into the body of Christ. We have many new people here who have done it recently. And that feels great, doesn't it? That's very reassuring that you took that step out of the boat and you met Jesus. Take that step today. Become his disciple today. Show that you really have courage and that you're reasoning things out. You're not just reacting emotionally like an animal will do. Animals react emotionally. I'm not saying that to put animals down. I love animals. But human beings have been given reason and faith that can overcome emotional reactions. That's how we're different, right? And that's, those are responses in faith. We want to help you get out of the boat. It's a tough thing to do. You need help. <laughs> and so I invite you to pray after our services is over to please come forward and pray with us. We're here to help you through these steps of faith. If something seems difficult to you, insurmountable, well, guess what? Together, we can huddle up and we can ask the Father to help you overcome whatever it is that you feel you can't overcome so that you can take these steps of faith and be welcome into God's family and learn to walk on water. So I invite you to come forward and uh, pray with us after the services is over. And again, happy Mother's Day to all you moms. God bless you. Thank you very much for listening. I hope the Lord gave you insight into conforming to Jesus with today's message. I always appreciate feedback. You can send me your thoughts, musings, and comments directly through the Anchor app. You can also contact me on Twitter at Kingdom underscore Saint. Walk with the Lord today and be a blessing.